of the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann, and with me as is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hey, what's going on? Oh, not a whole lot. You know, we got some... Uh, Got another uh, exciting finals brewing, hopefully exciting finals. We, Of course, we don't know going in, but uh, Warriors and Cavs, fourth straight finals, setting some NBA history. NBA history they'd already set last year with three straight finals, now fourth time head-to-head, unprecedented in NBA history. And we're going to delve into a little bit of uh, NBA finals history, some... Uh, some sim- similar situations of teams that are repeatedly battling each other, players who've gone to a lot of straight finals, uh, LeBron James making some history, of course, as well. So going to throw out some fun uh, some fun facts, delve into uh, some fun trivia, all that good stuff. Yeah, we'll get to delve into a little bit of the history uh, leading up to the series, things that have kind of played into it, things that, you know, guys that have set records and all that sort of stuff we talked about. Uh, we're, we're trying to think back of what we did last year. We might have done a similar show last year, but screw it, it's this year. It's 2018, it's four in a row, we got some good stuff. I don't recall what we did last year or if we did. Maybe we did it a few years ago, the the kind of the, yeah. the NBA finals, you know, the history of it. But, I mean, there's so much more in this year. Like, even if... Even if we did do it last year, I feel like there's so much more precedent that's been done by this four in a row and so much more precedent by someone like a LeBron James. And, and the fact that we're getting this fourth matchup in a row, it's somehow that four just seems like so much. It seems and we're going to talk about like the 2015 NBA Finals, which seems like it was a decade ago. It seems like so long ago that that happened. So there's a lot to kind of delve into and a lot to dig into in terms of of these two teams and then a lot of the history around uh, you know what what we have going on here with. I mean, shit, four straight finals of the same matchups and 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 Jason I know that you're probably in this camp but I think we should we should at least talk about it anyway are you fine with this would you have preferred something different or are you kind of okay because I, I my buddies were asking me hey what do, what do you think about this it's four in a row isn't that kind of boring and I said well you know, it's actually a better topic for my podcast so selfishly like I kind of enjoy that they're doing this but but also you know going through this and looking at other matchups which we're going to talk about I like the idea that we can now always and and, and not to say that we couldn't do it with three in a row or, or even two in a row but it seems like for some reason with that four in a row that now we can just forever for for 30 years from now 50 years from now we can always kind of have this benchmark of hey there was a time where these two teams battled one another four times you know in a row in the NBA finals and I think that's kind of cool I think I, I like sort of that generationally defined rivalry in the in the NBA finals and I don't know do you kind of feel the same way or did you want like Boston to make a heroic run to the finals or whatever uh, I mean, I'm okay with the way it happened. I think it still has some intrigue. I do think, you know, for the purpose of history, just to see, you know, obviously if the Warriors win, they, they would be able to win, you know, three out of four and where they kind of are going to start to stack among the, you know, great dynasties of all time. And if the Cavs can somehow pull it off, what that means for LeBron. And, you know, so there's there's a lot of adding on to that history, potentially. Of course, it could also just be, you know, the Warriors smash the Cavs and not that interesting if it's kind of a repeat for, of last year. So, you know, obviously we'll have to see how that goes. I, I would have been... I, I kind of would have liked to have a little bit of a change. I mean, I think Houston going in against the Cavs would have been really interesting. Um, my aversion to Boston winning would kind of keep me from uh, wanting them to win, although you know, they were a tremendous story with you know just how uh, young you know their key players were and um, you know that that nature of things. So th- there would have certainly been interest in that as well. I mean, you know, of course, you know we're going to be interested in the finals no matter what happens because you know how avid of NBA fans we are. But yeah, I'm okay with this. I don't think it's like ruining the game. I don't think it's like super bad or like it means that the NBA isn't competitive or anything like that. I mean, I, obviously, you know, these two teams battled through a lot of in you know, very trying circumstances, you know, to get where they were. Both series going to a game seven for the first time since 1979. So, you know, I, I don't think it's 
like, I don't think it's super bad for the league, but I, I am, you know, I, I was looking forward to something a little bit new, but I'm okay with what we got as well. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. And, and that's, you know, I, I, I about halfway through the game yesterday, when we're recording this on, on the 29th, so yesterday being the, the Warriors-Rockets game, I kind of was like, you know what, I, I, I'm okay with the Rockets winning. It'll be kind of fun. It'll be different. And then when the Warriors, it was one of those things where, like, I don't really care. Like, I can have fun with all of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's basketball. I'm cool with any basketball. And the way I usually do it is, like, I either root for, like, absolute chaos, like, complete disregard like just unbelievable chaos like the indiana pacers or whatever makes the NBA finals i don't you know like i like that or i like something that can really be like looked upon as okay this you know it, it might be stable it might be kind of boring at times but it's also like they're, they're creating history in there and that's you know every nba finals is going to create some amount of history but i think you know we can have a very special show here that we can always look back on because it's been four straight because these guys have, have, have done this because there's unprecedented, you know, you know, achievements going on because of this. So I kind of enjoy that aspect of it too. So yeah, I kind of root for like, it would have been fine if it was like Boston and Houston in the finals. <laughs> like I would have been fine with that because that's absolute chaos, but I kind of like this as well. So I'm, I'm good with either thing. We are, we just like basketball and anything we can make history about. We can, you know, if it happened, we can talk about it for sure. So this, so this will be pretty fun to check out, but you know, I'm, I'm good with either one as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it, we we do like basketball. We want want to make that say that for the record. <laughs> right. we, in we case like you weren't, in case you weren't sure, in case you weren't yeah. sure, basketball right. we enjoy. So yeah, if the two hundred and ten or whatever <laughs> of the show that we've done so far didn't indicate that we enjoy basketball, it, yeah. no, I, I actually well, I've done on so many wrestling podcasts that I think I hate wrestling, but <laughs> I still like oh, basketball. Right. So <laughs> uh, that's good. <laughs> no, I know there's there's some wrestling I yeah. enjoy and some I, I don't like, but hey, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, going into um, some history of, uh, as we've said, this is the first time that anyone has done four straight NBA finals. But, we, you know, there were there is a decently extensive history of repeat NBA finals matchups that's uh, worth uh, exploring. And the uh, the first occasion happened in 52 and 53, the Minneapolis Lakers against the New York Knicks and the Lakers won uh, both times in 52. Uh, the Lakers had a home court advantage after going 40 and 62 in the regular season, and they had won the 49 BA Finals and the 50 NBA Finals the first year after the uh, merger. They'd also won the uh, 48 NBL Finals, so they'd won three championships in a row, I guess, and theoretically in three different leagues. Although obviously they two leagues merged into one, uh, but they had lost in 1951 to the uh, eventual champion Rochester Royals. That was uh, George Mikan uh, had a serious injury, I believe, broke his leg. Uh, in that series, leading to the Royals winning there. And then the Knicks had lost to the Royals in that 51 final, so they were back for another chance uh, for the second year in a row. Um, but the Lakers uh, were able to uh, uh, take Game 1 in overtime, 83-79. to 79. The series went back and forth through Game 7, which Minneapolis handled pretty uh, quickly, 82-65. to uh, 65. Of course, you know, the Lakers were had, had the great George Mikan, Jim Pollard, Vern Mickelson, and... Um, uh, Sterling Martin, uh, those guys. Uh, the uh, yeah, the Knicks aren't quite as well known, but they had some uh, interesting players like George Gallatin and um, uh, they kind of rotating cast Dick McGuire. You know, lots mm. of uh, some interesting guys there. Sort of obscure and more obscure in history because obviously the the Knicks never won the championship. Fifty three, they went back at it again, uh, and uh, that gave the Lakers their fifth title in six years. The Knicks would, in fact, not make it back to the finals until nineteen seventy. In fact, they would barely make the playoffs, and it, just a handful of times up until uh, then, they really went through a period where they struggled a, a whole lot. And uh, the Lakers did make it back to the finals in fifty nine. They were kind of an underdog that year. That was their last time in Minneapolis. They moved to Los Angeles, and they would get to the finals a whole lot of times, which we'll get into a bit. But they would not win a title until nineteen seventy two. 
yeah, the next time they'd win a title 72. And then there's a lot of Jerry West misery in between there, which we'll, uh, yes. we'll talk about in extensive detail in a little bit. But our next series that we're going to talk about repeats, uh, 1957 and 58, the St. Louis Hawks versus the Boston Celtics this is the famous one we have talked about many, many times on the show. Uh, so we'll briefly kind of touch on it just again here. 1957, the Hawks and the Celtics meet in the, uh, the first, uh, in their first, uh, NBA finals matchup. A uh, Hawks have been pretty bad dating back pretty much to their days as the Tri Cities Blackhawks and the Milwaukee Hawks. They had a lot of struggles, uh, in the early years of the NBA. Uh, and two years into their tenure in St. Louis, they were in the finals, despite, as we talked about kind of very interestingly, a uh, 34 and 38 regular season records. So they were not a good regular season team, really turned it on in the playoffs, made a good run. And uh, yeah, we'll get to them here in a sec of how well they did. I mean, it was very, very close. Uh, Celtics, they were a perennial playoff team uh, for quite a few years under Red Auerbach. Uh, they, of course, were led by Ed McCauley at that time, and, and they were good. They would always make the playoffs, but they just could not get over the hump. Uh, Red Auerbach made a risky little trade by uh, trading Ed McCauley for Bill Russell, and then some good things happened after that. Obviously, some other things happened, you know, drafting Tommy Heinsohn, getting everything together. It just kind of all coalesced at the exact right moment. Uh, Auerbach, Russell, Sharman, Tommy Heinsohn, as we mentioned, uh, Bob Cousy's there. Uh, they beat the Hawks in that 57 series to uh, in, in seven games. So it was a very close series, very good series as well. Uh, and we've talked about as well of how different, you know, history would be if, if, if possibly the Hawks won that title and, and does the Celtics dynasty. We, we had a few episode a few uh, months ago where we kind of dug into that a little bit, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, 1957, the Celtics, of course, win. They beat the Hawks. Uh, this included the only Game 7 in history uh, to be decided in double overtime, 125 to 123. So pretty fun game there. Uh, 1958, the two teams meet again with the Hawks beating the Celtics in six. So the Hawks get their title. Uh, they knock off the Celtics and they put them dead for good. The Hawks are never coming back or the Celtics are never coming back. They're dead. They're gone. They had their one little title and they're out, except that's not at all what happened, of course. Of course, yes. Yeah, uh, worth noting that Bob Pettit scored for 50 points in uh, that uh, game six for the uh, in the finals, which was a uh, I think that's a finals deciding game record, and that is uh, that was a record at the time. It was surpassed later by Elgin Baylor, but one of the great performances of all time. Of course, Bill Russell was hurt uh, in that series, uh, missed uh, missed a game or two, and was limited in that final game six. Uh, that the Celtics never uh, tired of telling anybody that, but that's the only time Bill Russell ever <laughs> lost in the uh, in the finals, eleven out of twelve times, which is you know pretty good. Yeah, it's not, uh, not bad. bad. And and Bob yeah. Pettit's a guy I think we we will always on the show say like if you have not ever gone back and sort of dug into Bob Pettit a little bit more. Really great player. I don't know that he necessarily gets the credit he deserves, but awesome player, dominant player. I mean, just, yeah, do yourself a favor and yeah. just dig into Bob Pettit a little bit. I think you'll you'll come away appreciating yeah. him a lot more than, than you probably do right now. Right. It really helped define power forward position. Yeah, uh, yeah it was really uh, one of the early pioneers in terms of like weight training and was just, uh, yeah, this guy who could get a shot off in almost any situation was a really, yeah, uh, a very uh, a pivotal player in the, uh, in, in the growth of the game. So uh, speaking of the Hawks and the Celtics, they would uh, do this again. They would uh, the Hawks would miss the finals in '59. The uh, Minneapolis Lakers would uh, upset them thanks to an upstart Elgin Baylor. But then the uh, Hawks would come back and get to the finals in '60-'61. But the uh, Celtics, well, you know, they uh, as we mentioned, they were they were pretty good. They would uh, they won uh, eight straight championships between '59 and '66. And um, and, and yeah, they, in this in this case, they. Uh, the um, 61 series did go uh, seven games. It was it was fairly competitive. The 60 series was uh, was not super uh, competitive. The, the Celtics handled you know both these series uh, you know pretty well. It was the Hawks were kind of lucky to take that one in uh, seven. The Celtics by this point had evolved into the uh, more complete team. Although you know the Hawks uh, they obviously had Pettit, they had uh, Lenny Wilkins, uh, they had you know uh, Cliff Hagen, some some really good players as well. But yeah, the the Celtics obviously they they beat pretty much everybody during that time. So um, you know they were uh, no shame in losing to them. Yeah, of course. And we'll 
we'll get into a little bit more of the Celtics, but they win, you know, eight straight, drop one in 1967, which we'll talk about in a second, and then, of course, win two more. But you probably know that already <laughs> if you're listening to the show. Yes. But uh, I thought this is a pretty good comp for what we got going on right now with the Warriors and the Cavs. You know, there's four finals matchups in five years and two consecutive matchups. But really, our next matchup is probably the best comp that we could possibly come up with and probably the best comp in, uh, in that we're ever going to kind of look at here. And it's uh, the Lakers and the Boston Celtics. And there are quite a few here. We start with 1962-63. Uh, so, of course, in the midst of Boston's eight straight. Uh, they'd have back-to-back series with the Lakers, uh, 1962 and 1963. In 63, the Celtics uh, were making their seventh straight tips to the finals, uh, and they won easily 4-2 to two after taking the first two games of the seven-game series. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, as we're, we're going to talk about here in a bit, the Lakers always kind of can get there. They can't quite knock off the Celtics because the Celtics are very good, but it will happen quite a few times. Uh, so we have 6-2 and, and 6-3, as we mentioned. Uh, the Celtics would face off with the Warriors in 1964 before getting uh, back to the Lakers in 65-66, which brings us to that series as well, 1956 and or 1965 and 1966 with the Lakers and the Celtics yet again. Uh, Celtics nagging their ninth consecutive championship after John Havlicek uh, sold the ball in the Eastern Division Finals and dominated. Uh, they would end up dominating the Lakers in this series. Uh, they were without Elger Baylor at this time, so they were able to beat them in five games, which is huge, obviously. Uh, in 1966, Boston edges out a 95-93 Game 7, so really, really important, really close game there. Uh, this is Red Auerbach's final game as a coach as well, so completed the win in front of the hometown fans uh, at the Boston Garden as well. So huge moment there for uh, them in 66 to kind of cap it off, uh, the career of Red Auerbach. Uh, and then in 1967, uh, as we mentioned, the Celtics lost to the 70 Sixers in the Eastern Division Finals, and, and we've had that uh, discussion about that series for a while, where that was like Bill Russell's first time, you know, as, as, as player coach, and there were some questions. Hey, look, you know, we've, we've been doing this great thing with that Red, you know, Bill Russell takes over, and you know, now we're losing, and you know, obviously that would be uh, squashed pretty quickly because they would win a few more, but um, the Lakers in that '67 season as well. Uh, decided to do the same, and they would lose to the Warriors in the semifinals. So neither Lakers or Celtics in the '67 finals. Uh, but then they all decided to run it back uh, in 1968, and once again we have Lakers versus Celtics. Yeah, and um, you know that at that point, um, you know '68, the uh, Celtics, you know they were uh, they they were back. They were uh, had a chance to win their tenth championship in twelve seasons. Uh, and then, yeah, they, they beat the Lakers in six games, you know, pretty handily in that series. Uh, but 69, things changed uh, because the uh, Lakers uh, brought in Will Chamberlain, the old uh, Bill Russell uh, nemesis. And, uh, you know, they they were an aging team, but they obviously had, you know, three of the greatest superstars in the history of the game at that point, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West. Uh, and the Celtics were, you know, showing a little bit of signs of decline. You know, they were, uh, you know, they they were probably the older team overall, even though the three, the three stars were were older there. But um, the Celtics had not really been able to incorporate, you know, very many young players into the team. You know, Havlicek was the only guy who was, you know, really a prime to Everybody else that they were relying on heavily, you know, been cast off from other teams like, you know, Don Nelson and uh, Bailey Howell, who are all were, you know, good players, but were, you know, were were getting a bit older mm-hmm. or had been, you know. Um, Guys who you know were not really superstars. It was you know, really uh, one our underrated part of how Arbuck was able to you know kind of sustain that dynasty throughout those years as, as GM. Uh, but they made the playoffs only as a fourth place team. You know it looked like the young upstarts were going to be able to beat them, but Boston proved everyone aren't wrong. They were able to uh, get through the uh, playoffs. Uh, you know beat the upstart Knicks in an upset, and even bigger upset beat the uh, Lakers. And that was the first time the. Uh, uh, the road team was able to win a game seven in the uh, in the NBA finals. Uh, it's obviously a rare occurrence in uh, NBA history. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, I, I 
me personally, I thought the Lakers were such a shot that I filled up a bunch of balloons <laughs> and got it all ready, and apparently oh, it just sure. did not. Yeah. I, I feel terrible. I'm so sorry. You but, and Jack you know, can cook, obviously. Why would yeah. you not get the balloons ready? Come on, look at our team. We got Baylor, ready. we got Chandler, right. we got West. I'm getting the champagne, I'm getting the balloons, we're ready to go. Right? Yeah. How could this go wrong? The Celtics are old as hell. There's no way. Come on. But. Yeah, you're not going to be able to instantly blow up all those balloons. I mean, you have to have them ready, obviously. I mean, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. I mean, you can't just... It's yeah. just smart planning, honestly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm pro... Uh, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. get the balloons ready, but uh, I mean, maybe cover. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm not really sure you can do about that. But I mean, hey, you know, everyone likes balloons. Yeah, right. So that's uh, of course. Honestly, I think the Celtics are a bit of spoil sports for not liking the balloons for being <laughs> right. so anti-balloon. Honestly, <laughs> right. no one ever talks about that. No, yeah, I mean, you know? who doesn't like balloons? They should yeah. just use them anyway. I don't know why they. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised Jerry West doesn't like balloons because Jerry West doesn't like anything. No, Jerry West doesn't hate balloons. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, obviously, he Jerry West. Yeah, yeah. He's, he goes to children's parties and just immediately pops them. He, but he might still have like PTSD about balloons. I bet. I bet they like. They're like, oh, Uncle Jerry's coming over. Like, get rid of all the balloons. Yeah. He's they, gonna get upset. Like, he's like, no balloons. Yeah, grumbles I, under his I, breath I could, and gets really upset. I, I could see that. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yes. So, yeah, you know, when I was when you were talking about this, I I was thinking about. The, you know um, the the record for West and Baylor in the uh, finals. You know Baylor was zero and seven. West was one and eight. Uh, you know the, the fact that I, the, the parallels to LeBron. I mean LeBron's obviously you know three and five at this point. You know we'll see how it goes. Even if he falls to three and six, obviously the finals record isn't so good. But you, you know you you kind of track of you know their place in the league versus LeBron's place in the league you know Weston Baylor were you know probably each at time that may, maybe the best player in the NBA I mean you got Wilt there you know during that time as well so um you know maybe maybe they're you know 1B or whatever at at different times as you know going through you know you got Oscar Robertson too so you, you got a loaded league but but there certainly were contenders for the best player in the game I don't think they were ever quite as high as you know LeBron's basically been you know uh either the best definitely the best player or you know in the conversation for that for about you know 12 years or so probably so but I I I do think that there is very much a you know a similarity between them and between LeBron in terms of their roles in their career as as being you know individually brilliant but of you know kind of um you know, being the foil for, you know, some of the great dynasties of uh, their day, especially, you know, this Warriors dynasty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, there's a lot of time where people bring up, like, uh, you know, the Wilt and LeBron comparisons, or at least they had come up for a while there, where it's like, you know, yeah, great individual player, but, you know, can, can win a few titles here and there, but not, like, the dominant guy of his era, not a guy that can just win a championship every every so often. And, and I was always kind of I was always kind of unsure of that, that comp. I never really liked it all that much, but but I do like the Weston Baylor ones, because it, they are guys that are just, like, statistics off the board, and and, 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 you know, great players and it really takes nothing away from them. But just, yeah, they just could not sometimes get through, or, you know, get over the hump and, and, and whatnot, and maybe not win as many titles as people sort of expected them to do. And I don't know if the LeBron thing still kind of exists. I feel like it's been pretty interesting as of late that people have, have, have really kind of let that narrative kind of go and people are really starting to appreciate him this year. I could, I could tell it this year more than any year. Uh, it really feels like people are like, oh, yeah, like who really cares that he only has, you know, X amount of rings or whatever. This guy's an incredible player or whatever. But yeah, I do, do get the same. Yeah, it, it, it is a very very good comp and, and I do enjoy that comp a lot because I think it does does sort of relate to the two because it, it shouldn't take anything away from from those two guys that they only won you know their their title or whatever even though they were there all the time and I think it's super impressive to get to the finals as many times as they got to because that's hard to do you know what I mean like that's really really tough to do and 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 yeah we're starting to maybe appreciate that with a little bit with LeBron too that it's like hey look you might not win them all but god man that's really hard every single year to be in the NBA finals that's so tough it's not very easy at all so yeah, yeah. 
and honestly, it's harder now than it was in Western Baylor's day. I mean, you know, they most of the, of the time they played in a league with, you know, eight or nine teams. And sure. it was hard then, but it's yeah, but it, it, it's it's super hard now. And and the fact that they're doing what they're doing and the Warriors are doing what they're doing, I mean, is is obviously uh, super impressive. But before we get onto the rest of the series, I just wanted to. Um, I review uh, Bill Russell's record in a Game 7 because he was 10-0 in Game 7s in his career, which, of course, is just amazing. As We talked about the 57 NBA Finals we t- in the um, 59 Eastern Conference Finals against the uh, – or Division Finals against the Syracuse Nationals, the uh, 1960 NBA Finals again against the Hawks. Uh, this was the one that went Game 7, not 61. I got that mixed up. But uh, the 62 uh, Conference Finals against the uh, Warriors, the uh, 62 NBA Finals against the the Lakers, the 63 Eastern Conf- Division Finals against the Royals, the 65 Eastern Division Finals against the uh, 76ers with Chamberlain again, uh, the 66 NBA Finals as we talked about, the 68 uh, Eastern Com- Division Finals, I keep saying Conference, I mean Division Finals against the uh, the Sixers, and then finally as we talked about the 69 uh, NBA Finals, but it was like, you know, um, I think three times against the Lakers in Game 7s, and I think, um, you know, um, three times against Wilt in Game 7s, and, uh, and and twice against Bob Pettit in Game 7s. I mean, you know, beating all these players every single time. I mean, some of it, obviously, you know, there, there was some luck involved, and, you know, because some of these were extremely, extremely close, close calls, but, uh, you know, just coming through every single time in those situations, just, you know, just really amazing. Yeah, no, that, and that's something, too. I mean, it's just got to be maddening to be, you know, anybody else that's playing against him. It's just he cannot be beat in a Game 7. It's pretty incredible there, but uh, yeah, we'll move on now to the uh, 1972-73. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers and New York Knicks. Yes, the Lakers are still hanging around here in 1972. Uh, they're back in the finals again. They were also in 1970 as well, but they lost because, of course, they lost in the NBA Finals in 1970. Finally, though, in 1972, the Lakers won a then-record 69 regular season games. Uh, they had 33 in a row, of course. We've talked about that many times. It's a historic streak until, you know, obviously the Warriors did their thing. And they took a four-win, uh, 4-1 win over the Knicks in the finals behind MVP Wilt Chamberlain. So a great moment for Wilt to finally get uh, a dominant finals performance become the MVP, the team to finally get their win. You know, everything kind of feels good. It's all great. And they run it back the year later in 1973 with uh, both teams back. Uh, the Knicks uh, made up for the 72 finals, though, when they beat the Lakers 4-1 to one on their own. Uh, they lost game one and swept the rest of the series. So the Knicks get their title um, after a few years as well. And the Lakers are back in misery land. So good for them. So. Yeah, wow. Uh, but things would, would turn around for them relatively soon afterwards. So, yes, you know. I, the, the Lakers are going to be okay, everybody. Well, I don't know. Nowadays, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know about the current Lakers. Well, yeah, right now, yeah. but well, we'll see what happens this offseason, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> right, but. But but yes yes the, the uh, you know the, yeah they so they another instance where you know three out of four years two years in a row um, so uh, obviously a, a historic rivalry uh, there for a brief amount of time uh, and then next we have the seventy eight and seventy nine uh, with the uh, Seattle SuperSonics against the uh, Washington Bullets and um, and the uh, yeah the Sonics were able to after a. 15 and or a 5 and 17 start of the season. Uh, they changed coaches, went to Lenny Wilkins instead of Bob Hopkins, and turned things around where they were able to. Um were able to make the playoffs and uh, both in fact the Sonics and the Bullets were big underdogs uh, th- that year but were able to stage uh, you know Cinderella seasons in the playoffs so to speak and uh, and were able to make the finals Washington it was their uh, third NBA finals after making it in 75 and 71 71 when they were in Baltimore and the Bullets won seven games over 18 days a very extended a stretch there they took game seven on the road 
However, they matched up again in 1979, and uh, and Seattle won uh, in, uh, in in five games, I believe. Uh, and in fact, the Bolts have not, uh, or Bolts and Wizards franchise has not been to the uh, finals uh, ever since. I, in fact, I'm not even sure they've been to the conference finals uh, since then. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, I wonder. I don't think they have. Let me let me make sure that uh, yeah. just in case we don't get uh, frantic. But yeah, you might be right. I sure. don't. I don't recall any year where they would have. I mean, obviously they didn't do it in the 90s, and I don't think they did right. in the 80s. And I don't remember Gilbert Arenas being in the conference finals, but uh, yeah. yeah hasn't happened since let's see no no yeah first round first round semis semi semi yeah it's we got nothing oh boy sorry guys yeah (laughs) yeah so uh the sonics uh they did go back to the finals in 96 losing to the bulls and and unfortunately uh well say quiet there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna be angry for typing this but again the 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 franchise made it in 19 or 19 2012 as the uh, as the thunder of course a lot of uh seattle people were very mad at you for uh, saying that but but uh (laughs) I just want to make sure to point out it that counts. Rich type that I mean, hey, if we got to do this dumb Hornets thing, we got to do the, the Sonics and the Thunder. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, if it's up to right. me, we wouldn't do it. I don't but, know. You know I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Nationals are the, are the Sixers, so yeah. I feel like if the Nationals are the Sixers, then the uh, then the, the Sonics are the Thunder, despite the distaste about that. Right. So, anyway. When Seattle gets their team back, you guys can take the franchise history back, and well, this episode will be uh, you know negated or whatever. I hope that right. Oklahoma City just like doesn't let them have it. <laughs> you know, it's just like for no reason whatsoever. They're like, no, that's our history. <laughs> uh, like, that, yes, uh, that, that would not go over well. No, I don't think so at all no, by, by anybody. But uh, I, you know, part of me because I'm not a Seattle SuperSonics fan, I would want that. The, the you know, just, then they're they're like that weird one that, I, and obviously it's not an NFL podcast, but when like the the Cleveland Browns, you know, became the Baltimore Ravens and then like two years later became the Cleveland Browns again, but then like didn't have any of the history or whatever. It was just like, well, that's like, why, why are we doing this? And then I think they eventually got it. I don't even know how that works. Who cares? NBA. Yeah, I, I believe they do have it. So I, I don't remember there being a thing about it, but I believe you. So. Okay, there we go. This is not NFL. Yeah, we are not going to do NFL no, we, podcast. We are I not really bound by to. to be accurate about the NFL in this podcast. So just <laughs> right, so. to be clear, if you're, if you're going to tweet us about it, don't. don't even <laughs> Please don't. Just care. think again so, and, and yeah, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Tweet us. You find can correct out, their NBA mistakes. Yeah, yeah, you can call those out. Instead, so if you're going to tweet us about this NFL mistake, I instead implore you to go to Basketball Reference and find a random player and then say, "Hey, have you? Do you guys remember this guy?" And that that's a much yeah. better use of your time. Right, that that'd be a lot of fun for us. So. All right. Talk about Otto Graham on the Rochester Royals. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. You could make it. You know, it could exactly. be. Uh, uh, oh, I was trying to think. I only got baseball guys. Yeah, Otto Graham's, I think, the only. Football game. We did an episode yeah. about that too. That's a pretty fun episode. Uh, two sport sure, athletes. Sure. Anyway, 82 83, Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers. Lakers are back. Yeah. As you said, everything's going well. Pat yeah. Riley's at the helm now. Everything's going good. Yeah. They got Magic Johnson. They're in the playoffs. Uh, it's their first season, of yeah. course, for Pat Riley. Uh, they win the finals in six games over the Philadelphia 76ers. Next year, the Lakers and the 76ers meet again in the finals. This is the fir- third time in four years that this matchup had happened. So you have 1980, 82, and 83. Uh, after L.A. took, obviously, the first two series in 80 and 82, uh, Philadelphia came roaring back and won the remaining games of this, uh, the first two games of the series. And then Philadelphia comes back and wins the title. Uh, Lakers would stay strong for the rest of the decade for the Pretty much, we'll talk about them here in a little bit. Um, and the 76ers, they unfortunately would not make the finals again until 2001. And then, of course, have not made it since then. So, yeah, Of course, the Sixers, well, the Sixers added the incumbent MVP, so they actually didn't count the uh, title. <laughs> right. No, they, yeah, they, don't, they don't have any banners. Together, they so. actually didn't touch the trophy. Right. It's, it's, yeah, you, yeah. Get, you get completely negated, we'll like the Warriors so. last year. I mean, that, that thing's not even... We're going to talk about the finals, yeah. but it's it's not a, an official result on any level whatsoever. No. So yeah, if you had yeah, they, they, yeah, if you had exactly. good players, it, it, it doesn't count. Yeah, I think James Worthy. I, I, if, have you heard of him? I think he got added to one of these teams. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can't add yeah. good players to a good team. It just negates everything. No, 
It does. It, it doesn't count. <laughs> All these guys we talked about, none of these guys added any good players ever. They just, you know, were, right. were the team no. that they were, and they made it. They didn't add. They, yeah. didn't they subtract, drafted they, everybody the same year, and right. they just grew organically. And they, they didn't God for the reserve else, clause. You know? Yeah, the reserve clause is, is right, really pulled through in this NBA history. So as as the as the sports god intended. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. So the uh, so eighty four and eighty five we get the Lakers and the Celtics again uh, reviving their rivalry from the sixties. It went a little bit differently this time, although the first time in ninety four, uh, Larry Bird did lead the Celtics to a seven game uh, series win over the uh, over the Lakers. Uh, Tragic Johnson was was Magic Johnson's uh, nickname for a little while as uh, as things well, but uh, the Lakers were not to be denied in ninety five, despite a a huge game one loss that was called the. Uh, the Boston Massacre. Um, the uh, the the Lakers so heavy ended on the nicknames. Up, uh, <laughs> this series, yeah, yeah. Good Lord. yeah. So the uh, I'm sorry, the Memorial Day Massacre that because it, it happened on Memorial Day. That, but um, that seems there was, there was a Boston Massacre too. I think that was a real thing. <laughs> I, I'm not just making that up. You know? The Memorial Day Massacre uh, that seems a little. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I might want to find a different. Uh, well, yeah, but. I guess that is that is maybe not ideal. But yeah. anyway, I, it was a more innocent time, I guess. But um, yeah, so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I, despite being like. Like 138 years old was a was a dominant in the uh, in that series won uh, won MVP and uh, yes the, the Lakers were finally able to uh, reverse the jinx or whatever it was that uh, reversed their years and years of uh, losing to the Celtics were able to uh, win and uh, and uh, take charge in the series and then they would the two teams would, would battle again in '87 uh, with the Lakers uh, capping off the three out of four years by uh, by, by winning the rubber match. Absolutely, and then we're going to go to 88 and 89 here as the Lakers once again, and this is the Detroit Pistons now. So the Lakers obviously defeated the Celtics in 87, as we talked about, and they got the repeat here. They took the series against the Pistons in seven games. Uh, they could not manage a three-peat, though, in 1989, and we have talked about the series as well. Byron Scott missed the entire series. Uh, Magic Johnson pulls his hamstring during game two, uh, and the Pistons sweep the Lakers pretty easily uh, in that back-to-back. Uh, the Lakers would be back in the finals by 1991, but, of course, Michael Jordan was also there to meet them, and that did not go well for uh, uh, Magic or <laughs> any of the older Lakers. Uh, Detroit, they would go back-to-back. Uh, they would win in 1990 uh, and then make it to consecutive NBA Finals again in uh, 2004 and 2005, which uh, we will not be talking about today. But, uh, yeah, so they had a little bit of a gap, and I think they're going to start a, another gap for quite a while <laughs> after after 05. It is going to probably be a while for Detroit. But, hey, you know, maybe Blake Griffin turns things around. But, yeah, Lakers, uh, obviously, the team uh, do some good stuff in the decade. They move from the Celtics over to the Pistons. They actually, had, yeah, that's kind of interesting. They had the, you know, the, the Sixers, obviously, earlier in the decade. Then they have the Celtics. Then they have the Pistons. So they did a lot of repeat uh, uh, finals appearances here. So the Lakers are always kind of in the mix there, and always you know willing to come out of the West for you. Even in the in the sixties and the seventies, the eighties, they're just kind of always there. Those damn Lakers. Not the uh, not the twenty tens, but otherwise, yes, that is uh, definitely correct. <laughs> always, always in the mix. Yes. So. Uh... Now we go to 97-98, the Utah Jazz against the Chicago Bulls. Uh, we've noted, uh, looking at some the Western Conference stuff in, uh, in the early 90s, that the uh, the Jazz came very close to, uh, to to going to the finals in 1992. That would have been an interesting battle between you know between the two teams in uh, 92, which would have been quite fun. The, the Blazers were able to, of course, uh, were able to get through in that time, and uh, the Jazz were a franchise that you know Stockton Malone were awesome for a long time, but they peaked very late in their uh, careers and were able to you know and and obviously uh, you know Jordan and Pippen had notable longevity as well. So these were teams that were on the older side uh, during this time. 
But uh, I guess they had been a solid playoff team for quite a while. Uh, the Bulls had won the championship in '96, uh, of course, as what you know, one of the great teams of all time, winning 72 games. Um, beating Seattle had, of course, had their first three peat from '91 to '93, uh, and. Um, yeah, they they beat the Jazz both times in uh, six games, and uh, and Jordan was in '97. They were they were uh, named. Uh, he was named, Jordan was named MVP for the, f- the fifth time in as many Finals appearances in '98. The series went almost exactly the same, and the Bulls won again in six games, as we said. And Jordan again won MVP. So, uh, but uh, the Bulls. Uh, couldn't keep it going. They uh, they they all got pretty sick of each other. They all went their separate ways. Jordan retired. Pippen went to the uh, Rockets. Uh, I, they kept Tony Kukoc. Right? Uh, Kukoc stayed. Yeah, Kukoc stayed. I think for the yeah. next half a year, and then he was sent off as well. So yeah. So uh, they have not made a final since. Uh, the Jazz were able to keep it going. You know, with some with some playoff runs, they had a pretty good year in '99, uh, but would never make the finals again, and have not um, been able to replicate uh, the success. Although they've had, you know, some decent playoff teams darren williams uh and uh, carlos boozer years and you know this new iteration of the jazz seems uh, pretty interesting with the uh, you know rudy gobert and uh, donovan mitchell as, as a uh, potential uh, awesome rookie so we'll, we'll see how it goes yeah exactly yeah but it's kind of kind of interesting that that yeah 97 98 these teams are kind of the toast of of you know this you know nba era and then now they just have not been back ever since then but uh yeah things are looking yeah. a little bit better for the jazz i guess the bulls have some pieces, but yeah, the Jazz definitely uh, seem to be on a better trajectory there. But uh, gets our final repeat series before, of course, we're going to talk a little bit more Warriors Cavs here. It is the San Antonio Spurs versus the Miami Heat, and what's funny, this 2013-2014, this feels and, and and seems and kind of is like so long ago, yet it still features like prime LeBron, <laughs> like he's still prime. You know, like it, it, it's nuts. It just you go back in the series, you look at some of the names, you're like, oh yeah, that's like a long time ago. I think it. What's weird is I, I think it helps that Kyrie has, has been or not Kyrie, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's sort of been gone um you know obviously wasn't didn't play at, at all other than you know kind of a few games last year so he feels like a distant player right now tim duncan's obviously retired you know manu and parker are on their last legs and it's like you know it's still lebron just like being lebron he's he's still pretty good and it's like you know six seven years later it's still just kind of the same thing but uh anyway this is a miami heat um it was their second consecutive championship, of course, in 2013. They defeated the Thunder uh, the year prior. Uh, this is an awesome seven-game series uh, over the Spurs. This is probably one of the best playoff series ever. I, I, I think I would probably put it there. I think I don't know that I've ever had as much fun watching an NBA playoff series than I had the, the 2013 NBA Finals. It was just like two great teams, great matchups. You know, just legacies on the line. Just everything was perfect. Comebacks. It just it all kind of worked. I think this is going to be a tough one to ever kind of beat here. But uh, interestingly enough, I, I, I forgot. I guess I forgot about this as well. This is the first finals defeat for the Spurs. Pretty much every other time the Spurs made it to the finals, uh, they won. This time they did not, though. Uh, they came back the next year, 2014. San Antonio was kind of retooled a little bit. Kawhi Leonard had sort of emerged and become a, a great big part of their team, and, and, and just everything kind of clicked, and they blew out Miami in four, uh, four or five games uh, to take the series uh, in 2014. Uh, initially enough, so since 2014, San Antonio, of course, has not made it to the finals since, uh, and Miami hasn't either, but they, of course, lost LeBron after that season, and you've probably heard of him. He went to Cleveland. Uh, and has now made four straight finals uh, with Cleveland after making four straight with Miami. So that's eight straights. That's interesting. I wonder if we have other fun facts about that. <laughs> we <Good>. might. It's <laughs> possible. I hope we do. Uh, That'd be nice. 
so uh, teams that have gone to uh, four straight finals, it is exceptionally rare. Um, and uh, the, uh, the in fact, only six teams have ever done it. The uh, 57 to 66 Celtics did it for uh, 10 seasons in a row, which, of course, is amazing. Uh, <laughs> the other teams have all just done it four times. Uh, the 82 to 85 Lakers, the 84 to 87 Celtics, the 11 through 14 Heat, and the 15 to 18 Cavs and 15 to 18 Warriors, uh, of course, uh, have accomplished that feat uh, this year. Um, and I, I previously had an accurate tweet that said the 50s Lakers did it, although I, I was incorrect. They um, they went to three straight finals from 48 to 50 and 52 to 54, but they missed in 51. Uh, however, George Mikan himself did make four straight finals if you include the 48, the 47 and 48 NBL, the 49 um, BAA, and the 50 uh, NBA. He Because uh, in 47, he did it with the Chicago American Gears, who then folded, and then Mikan went to the uh, Lakers. So, yeah. Uh, so that is it. Some impressive company for the Cavs and the Warriors to be in. Absolutely, yes. And I'm going to count the Chicago American Gears in the NBL. So we're yeah, going to count it. Should. So, Mike, <laughs> take your bow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Your turn there. But, yes. uh, yeah, so right. this is, uh, this, of course, as we mentioned, LeBron's eighth straight NBA Finals. And and I didn't know this is until today. I kind of looked at this. And, and it's a little bit of a caveat. It's kind of just like this weird random fun fact. But I think LeBron's career is starting to kind of become that where, where you know, there, there'd been forever like a Kareem and Wilt thing where you'd look up some random stat and it'd be like Kareem or Wilt or oh only only you know Kareem has this amount of thirty point ten rebound games or whatever only Wilt Chamberlain's done this we're starting to get kind of weird LeBron ones starting now because he's starting to get a little older he's just putting together these amazing things this one so he's made the finals eight straight years okay LeBron James made the finals eight straight years that is longer than all but one franchise San Antonio that's uh, of all the franchises postseason streaks. So LeBron has made more finals in a row than any team but San Antonio has made consecutive playoffs in a row. So the Spurs yes. are at 21 it's seasons. 21 seasons in a row for the Spurs to make the playoffs. That's fine. 98 to 2018. We got them or whatever. The longest streak of NBA consecutive NBA playoff appearances are the Warriors and the Rockets right now. 2013 to 2018 for the Warriors. Uh, and 2013 to 2018 for the Rockets. LeBron has made eight straight NBA finals. <laughs> No, it's other team other than the Spurs have made eight straight playoffs game, playoff series. What? How is that possible? That that is really quite you know that's uh, quite tell. Yeah, the the Hawks unfortunately had the second longest one, which was broken this year thanks to their badness. But yes, the uh, yeah twenty one years. I mean, of course, yeah twenty one years is amazing for the Spurs. That's I, I believe the longest in uh, NBA history. Um, and uh, yeah, the fact that LeBron himself has a longer final streak than any other team has an active playoff streak is just yeah that that that's pretty mind blowing. Right, like LeBron was, was that, making finals and the Warriors were still like you know trying to figure out what they were gonna. Be and getting the pieces and being excited about David Lee. Like, you know, like that's... Right, it's, yeah. It's just, what? What a time. Like, the Rockets were just like, hey, we got this James Harden guy. This will be pretty fun. Like, let's see how this goes. Yeah. LeBron was already making finals. Like, you're already too deep by that time. It's unbelievable. So, looking at uh, the record for consecutive NBA uh Finals appearances. The uh, LeBron James has joined some exceptional company company this year. So Bill Russell has ten in a row. He has the uh, of course has the record. Uh, Sam Jones and Tom Heinsohn each have nine in a row, and uh, and then with eight in a row, uh, more Celtics. Casey Jones and Frank Ramsey and LeBron James. LeBron James is among only six players with eight or more consecutive NBA Finals appearances in their career, which is pretty incredible. Others who are in the uh, top ten is uh, Bob Cousy, who has seven. Uh, James Jones, who has made seven finals but only played in six because he did not play in the 2011 uh, finals. Um, 
so depending on how you count things uh, there, he led his team to the, to it, but he or <laughs> led was among team. the players who led his team. <laughs> led, I agree. I mean, led is very loosely there. James yeah. Jones, man. Uh, and, I mean, unbelievable. And, yeah, and, he, and and LeBron, thankfully, this year has finally passed him, uh, the, the elusive James Jones in, in, yes. in finals appearances. So he's finally put James Jones right. in the rear view and can now focus on, yes. you know, bigger and better guys like a Bill Russell or whatever. But, uh, yeah. Sure, sure. And then, yeah, and then Satch Sanders with six and Bill Sharman with five are the only ones with, you know, a five or more in a row. So that's obviously a tremendous club, but mostly 60 Celtics involved. But, uh, yeah, LeBron and uh, and James Jones by proxy also uh, in the club. So, <laughs> so pretty much Bill Russell and James. <laughs> Bill Russell, Sam Joe. You know, you can count. I mean, half those, a lot of the Celtics guys you can also count as well. But, you know, it's not like, you know, those guys were mentioning, you know, James Jones is obviously, we're, we're joking, but he's kind of a tag along. But these other guys all, all did play, you know, pretty substantial roles for the Celtics at some point or another. So it's not like... You know, because I, th- I, I think people sort of shrug those guys off as, oh, yeah, they just tagged along with the Celtics or whatever. But all those guys played big roles. It's not James Jones did not. James Jones was just a guy that was there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, like he was he had like leadership and was, you know, was like, you know, like I, I mean, he, he brought stuff to the, to the table that maybe it wasn't on the playing floor. But, yeah, he was obviously a, a marginal player, more of a Jim Luskinoff, uh, completely different style of player, but but sort of, you know, more role player and, and deserves, you know, some. A credit and some celebration for what he did, but obviously, yeah, it's on a different level than uh, you know what, what the other guys in this list were doing. For sure, let's get to uh, here the only players with four plus finals in a row over two franchises. So this is kind of interesting here. So over two franchises, here's kind of the caveat again: uh, four plus finals in a row uh, over two franchises. You have LeBron James, uh, the aforementioned James Jones, Steve Kerr, and Pep Sol. We'll get to Pep Sol here in a little bit because you've probably never heard of Pep Sol, but you're going to hear about him now. Uh, really quickly, LeBron James, of course, does it with the Heat and the Cavs. Uh, James Jones, we mentioned, did not play in the 2011 NBA Finals, though he played two games in the Eastern Conference Finals versus the Bulls. So whether you want to count him or not. That's kind of up to you. Otherwise, though, 2012, he played 43 minutes that year. Uh, 2013, I uh, played 12 minutes that playoffs. Um, 2000, uh, what did I have? 2013, 12 minutes. 2014, 14 minutes. 2015, 113 minutes. An explosion for James Jones there. Uh, 2016, 20 minutes. 2017, 8 minutes. That's a total of 210 minutes. Just to give you an idea, LeBron James has played more than 210 minutes in six of his seven straight NBA finals so far. So essentially, James, yeah, LeBron James has James Jones' careers every single finals appearance. So, uh, you know, hey, but hey, as you said, leadership and, and being LeBron's friend can go a long way. So, hey. Good for him. Yes. And uh, Steve Kerr, uh, who is one of two players, along with Pep Sol, who have, um, who have uh, won back-to-back titles with uh, different teams. We'll get to more details on that. But, but uh, Kerr did it in 96 through 99, the first three years with the Bulls and the, in 99 with the Spurs. In fact, he spent three years with the Spurs, then one year with the Blazers, and then came back in 2003 to win another ring with the uh, Spurs. So has five in total as a, a player, plus, uh, plus a couple as a coach, maybe more coming. Uh, but yeah, good old Pep Saul from uh, 51 to 54. He is actually Frank Benjamin Saul Jr., a shooting guard out of Seton Hall, was the first player to score 1,000 points at Seton Hall. And he only had a six-year um, NBA career, averaged 5.6 points per game, two rebounds per game, and 1.6 assists per game. And he is actually still alive. He's 94 years old. So uh, so, so good for Pep. He's got, I guess has a lot of Pep to uh, oh, be alive I was going to make that Pep long. joke. Oh, I was going to make a Pep oh, and a step go. joke. But well, you got it. Good. I'm glad somebody got it. So that's, that's, All right. That's, well, a, that's a James Harden to uh, Clint Capella alley-oop that one of us had to, yeah, one of us had to nice. you know, so, land that alley-oop, and we did. So. Right, so uh, that's a that's good times. Yeah, I I could not find how he got his nickname of Pep. So uh, <laughs> so if anyone knows wants to wants to tweet us, that's a, don't don't know NFL trivia, but absolutely if you want to give us a nickname for Pep, so yes. I 
off for that. But uh, he initially started as he was part of the um, 51 Rochester Royals team who beat the Minneapolis Lakers. We mentioned before uh, George Mikan had a, a, a injury, I believe a broken leg in that series. And uh, and they were able to beat the Knicks in the finals in seven games despite almost a blowing a 3-0 lead in that series. Uh, and, and on the Royals, he played with his former Seton Hall teammates, Bobby Wanzer and uh, and Bob Davies. They liked Seton Hall there in Rochester. Um and there is a, uh, a story from the uh, record, a, a jersey paper, uh, about uh, from 2016, looking at where uh, Pep Saul is now. And uh, yeah, Saul was, he, you know, he, of course, he was a, he just won the championship with the Royals in his second season, but he wasn't getting as much playing time as he wanted, so he asked uh, to be traded. And says, I'm not going to play, I want to be traded within 72 hours. Hey, he was traded. He, in fact, he went to the uh, Baltimore Bullets uh, for the beginning of the 52 season. And uh, the Baltimore Bullets uh, were soon to be folded, so they were not doing well. But they had actually won the championship in 48, so they'd had uh, some prior success. Not not the same Bullets franchise as the uh, as the current Wizards franchise, although if you want to link them in history, you know, why not? No, Any rules, you know, go along, apparently. So... Uh, anyway, Pepsaw was with the Bolts for 39 games, and he went to the Lakers, and he helped them uh, win the NBA championship. And that fact, that was the probably the highlight of his pro career because he uh, was uh, pressed into a big service during the uh, postseason. He um, averaged uh, 11.3 points per game on 46% shooting, which was very good at the uh, time. Uh, 2.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists per game in, uh, in almost 41 minutes per game. And those all were bare, nearly double his uh, season averages. So I, I couldn't really find a reason why he played so much. He, there did not appear to be much of you know, injury concern or what have you. But he uh, he, he was involved uh, big time in that series, helped the Lakers win the championship there over the Knicks, and uh, was also part of 53-54 teams for that one championship. So though his playing time eventually diminished, um, he went to the Milwaukee Hawks the next season. And during his only season there, he suffered a leg injury. Injury, decided to retire and uh, return to uh, North Jersey. Uh, his he and his wife, who he had been married at the time, sixty eight years, so I guess sixty nine years now, which is very nice. Uh, they raised uh, eight children, four boys and uh, four girls, and he ran his insurance company in uh, in New Jersey for about forty years before retiring at age uh, seventy. So, and as you mentioned, he, um, Saul and Kerr are the only pair, players in NBA history to win back to back titles with uh, different teams. I initially thought Robert Oria had done it, but he was actually on the Lakers in two thousand three and the uh, Spurs in 2004. I'm surprised he didn't get more uh, flack for abandoning the Lakers in 03 for the uh, the Spurs who had won the championship that year. You know, uh, front riding like uh, Kevin Durant. You know, <laughs> exactly. But, right. Yeah, that's yeah. That's he, he kind of went. Yeah, or he went on the David West path, where it's just like, all right, who's the best team this year? I'm going there. Like, yeah. I want to win some titles right. here. There, the uh, uh, there was a, a little while as well where what's uh, Eric Dampier? I guess sort of did the same thing as well. But there was kind of the weird irony where like Dampier would leave, you know, the the Mavericks and go to the Heat and then the Mavericks would beat the Heat in the finals or whatever. And, right. you know, and this year, exactly. you know, he leaves the Lakers, goes to the Spurs, and the Spurs, you know, lose, or, you know, obviously the Pistons win. But I, I guess it was probably good that he wasn't on the 04 Lakers. That was no fun for anybody. So, right. Probably, yeah, probably made a good choice going point, to San Antonio yeah. there. But, uh, yeah. So, a few more effects here. LeBron is one of only seven players now to play in nine plus finals. Nine plus NBA finals. Of course, you can't forget the uh, Drew Gooden led uh, 2007 <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers team that uh, played a series against San Antonio and then went home very quickly. But, uh, yeah, it still counts. It still counts as NBA Finals appearances. So here's uh, here's the guys. Of course, you have Bill Russell. Uh, he played in fi- uh, 12 NBA Finals. He won 11 of them. Lost one of them. Not bad. Sam Jones, he played in 11. Won 10. Lost one. Uh, Colonel Dujabar, he played in 10. Uh, won 6. Lost 4. Uh, Tommy Heinsohn, he was in 9 NBA Finals. He won 8. Magic Johnson was in 9. He won 5. Uh, Jerry West was in 9. And he won 1. <laughs> so he lost 8. So sorry, Jerry. <laughs> 
Jerry West. <laughs> Jerry West. Yeah. Uh, some of the other guys as well. So, of course, now we're going to add LeBron to that mix there with the nine. Um, he so far has won. Uh, he's won three and lost five. Um, John Havlicek, he has eight. Casey Jones has eight. Tom Sanders has eight. Frank Ramsey has eight. Uh, Michael Cooper slides in on this list. He has eight as well uh, with five wins. Derek Fisher as well comes in with eight finals appearances. Uh, he won five rings. Uh, and then uh, seven guys. You have Robert Ory. He uh, made seven. He won seven. So good. Good on Robert Ory, man. Seven, seven yeah. for seven. Not bad at all. Bob Cousy, uh, he made seven, one six. Uh, Kobe Bryant made seven, one five. And Elgin Baylor made seven and one. None of them. Sorry, Elgin. <laughs> That's oh, poor, poor Elgin, Elgin Baylor. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> so, uh, so getting a, just we'll just dive a little bit into the matchup history between the Cavs and the Warriors here. Uh, 2015. This was uh, the Warriors won this series in uh, six games. It was, it was a grueling series. Uh, the the Cavs played some incredible uh, slowdown ball, and LeBron averaged uh, 35.8 points, 13.3 rebounds, 8.8 assists for the series. Did not shoot particularly well, but was just carrying so much of a load on offense. You know, Kevin Love was out the entire series due to an injury. Uh, Kyrie Irving uh, missed the final five games of the series after he suffered a injury in uh, in Game One, uh, and um, the uh, the Warriors uh, Andre Iguodala was able to be named the uh, the Finals MVP because he made things really tough on LeBron James. And uh, despite not uh, starting for in the series until Game Four, and and he had uh, the third lowest scoring average of any Finals MVP in NBA history, but was able to uh, take that. Not, not a bad choice. I mean, you know, you could make a case for other guys, including LeBron, frankly, but. Uh, you know, was uh, sort of a historical oddity, obviously, in this series. But yeah, it was, uh, you know, the, the Warriors were kind of the feel-good story of this season to a degree. The Cavs, you know, were probably had a schedule in terms of the development because they, despite having LeBron, were fairly young and inexperienced, but, you know, were able to, uh, you know, it was it was a good first, uh, good first battle here. And, you know, honestly, the Cavs were, you know, um, Amon Jumper had a chance to, you know, uh, win game one with a, a three-pointer that, that I believe barely, uh, you know, banked out. So, you know, they all, they almost were up 3-0 in this uh, series. Of course, that would have changed NBA history uh, quite a bit had that happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's a series that if you don't go if – if you haven't really looked back in a while, it is pretty interesting to go and kind of check it out because, yeah, there's there's really, you know, the, the Warriors, once they kind of figured things out, and one of the big things was, you know, Draymond Green at center, and this was kind of the beginning of the, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> like we can play this way. Like we don't have to have Andrew Bogut down low. We don't have to have like a big – we can Draymond Green can be our center. That kind of changed everything. Udala comes into the series. He starts this, you know, the fourth game. They pretty much don't look back after that point. But you know, that doesn't do enough to sort of talk about how great that series was at the beginning. First two games go to overtime. Uh, the Warriors win the first. The Cavs win the second. Cavs come back. They win the third. They're up two one at a point in the series. It looked like, oh my god, the Cavs are going to do this. Like the Warriors are kind of succumbing to the pressure. LeBron's been there before. He knows what's going on. And then it just became too much to handle. The Warriors just kind of figured it out. They got that extra gear, and LeBron obviously was worn down, and it was at a point where without Kyrie, uh, you know, they were able to win the one game, the miraculous second game, they were able to make, a, you know, win a miraculous third game, but they had really slowed down by this point, you know, Matthew Dellavedova had become one of the key players in that in that series, and and that, like, he played really good, but it's like, you don't want, you know, if Matthew Dellavedova is like your second best player, things are probably not going to go well, and that's kind of what happened as well, you had guys like J.R. Smith, who, who were fine, and Amon Shepard, all these guys were fine, but yeah. it was just like, there was not much, and it's, it, it's still considered, to me, it's one of the the better, you know, sort of miraculous things that, that LeBron has ever done is getting 
this you know that team to to win you know two games in the NBA Finals and, and only lose four two. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, LeBron has mentioned he uh, he averaged uh, thirty five point eight points, thirteen point three rebounds, and eight point eight assists in the series. So pretty incredible there. Uh, and Andrew Gudala, who did not start for the Warriors until Game Four, as I mentioned, uh, he ended up becoming named uh, Finals MVP, which is kind of uh, caused some controversy at the time as well. He had a really good uh, game six, and that sort of helped. And he played a uh, pretty good defense against LeBron, which is it's pretty funny when LeBron you know had thirty five, you know, nearly forty points and and thirteen rebounds. And nine assists, but you know that's good defense against him at that point. Um, interestingly enough, I think Iguodala had the third lowest scoring average of any Finals MVP in history uh, after that series as well. So I know he a uh, little controversy there for Iguodala winning it, but I guess it, it, it wasn't the worst in the world. He, he had a good series. And it was one of those ones where there was a lot of Warriors that did well, so it was like you kind of give it to everybody. So you know, Iguodala had a standout game six, so they just they gave it to him. So. So, uh, 2016, uh, the rematch, um, the Warriors, you know, really dominated in the first two games. It looked like they were going to uh, take things handily. And then in uh, in Game 3 uh, was a surprise, huge blowout for the Cavs, winning 120-90. to And suddenly, like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Of course, this was the year the Warriors had, uh, you know, they were 73-9 and during the season. You know, one of the most incredible teams um, ever and they, um, you know, they had the largest combined margin of victory, forty-eight in the the first two games in that series. So there wasn't really any reason to worry. Steph Curry did not completely look like himself, but it didn't appear like he was. You know, he he, he dealt with some injuries, but it looked like he was you know going to be good enough or it wasn't going to be a problem. Uh, game four, the Warriors were able to take it to take the three-one lead, but um, it was closer, one hundred eight to uh, ninety-seven. The Draymond Green was. Uh, uh, was suspended after uh, after taking a shot at uh, LeBron James in his uh, in, in, in a certain region, and uh, to, I'll, I'll be delicate about it. <laughs> yeah, please do, it, please, but please. Yeah. I'm be delicate about it. So yes. So uh, and then from there, uh, so just some ultimate uh, dominant LeBron James performances, some of which we talked about in our uh, last episode, and suddenly. Uh, the Cavs have become a three-one lead and become the uh, NBA champions, and uh, they were the first uh, champion to uh, clinch all their playoff series on the road since the '99 Spurs, which is uh, which is a fun fact. And they were the first road team to win a Finals Game Seven since the '78 Washington Bullets. So, uh, and LeBron was the first NBA player in history to lead uh, everyone in uh, in the playoff series in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I think Julius Irving did it in the ABA, but LeBron was the the only one so far to do it in the NBA. So. Fantastic stuff, and Teron Liu became the 14th coach to win an NBA championship as a head, as a coach and a player. So, yeah, so, good there. Yeah, times. I like that. That LeBron James is it points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. It's just unbelievable. But yeah, yeah, that's that's right. an all time series there for sure. And that you know, obviously the, the Cavs come back. Great stuff there. LeBron playing at the top of his game, and then also Kyrie and and, and Love also playing as well. It was cool to see the, the Cavs at full power to see sort of what they were able to do. And yeah, the Warriors seemed like they were kind of having some issues and struggling a little bit there. But hey, things happen and, and it all works. But then the next year they would cheat and uh, get a sham world title by adding Kevin Durant. Uh, we've talked about this before. We're of course joking, uh, but you know, having Twitter arguments with people about this. But oh, you're joking. Yeah, you're, not, no, I'm not you're joking. dead serious. I, I'm, I'm very jam, mad about so. it. Apparently, the Warriors won the finals this year in five games. They acquired Kevin Durant in the offseason, cheating the entire NBA and all of us. Yeah. Uh, and right. <laughs> they, of course, blitzed the Cavs pretty handily. The Cavs won, uh, what was it? They won the fourth game by a lot. It was like 137, 116. And that was like, that was peak, like, Warriors. We don't really give a shit. Like, we're just going to win the next day anyway <laughs> at home type thing. Yeah. It was like, ah, let's just win it at home. And they, and they knew, like, this was a peak year for them, too. And, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit here. Um, and I know we had a discussion about this last year, but uh, the, the, the Warriors, they entered 
the 2017 Finals. Uh, they became the first team in NBA playoff history uh, to start 12-0. and And the Cavaliers, they entered at 12-1. and So this was like dominant teams. These were teams that just completely blitzed through the rest of their conferences to get to these NBA Finals. And then the Warriors, of course, just capped it off by just absolutely controlling the, the rest of the series. They could have had an undefeated playoffs. They lost that game four, as mentioned, but then they went back game five, won easily, won the title at home. Uh, 15-0 start in the playoffs. So the most consecutive postseason wins in NBA history, and their 16-1 record is the best winning percentage, uh, 94.1% uh, in NBA playoff history. So that's, um, yeah, that was that. That was a sham, and we don't count it. Nobody counts it. Yeah. Nope. It doesn't count. <laughs> wasn't real. Didn't happen. Yeah. So I guess this is the rubber match. Well, I don't know. Do we count this one because Durant's still? Yeah, Durant's still here. So no, this is nothing. So yeah, it's still it's still a shame. So we shouldn't even like bring it up. You know, the uh, Cavs. Yeah, what are we doing? Here? I'm just going to delete no this. Point. I'm going to delete this podcast. Sorry, sorry to waste your time. I'm I'm out. All right, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right, all right. I'll keep the part right. about uh, well, Pepsol, but everything else is going to get deleted. All so. right, yeah, <laughs> very, very. It's going to get a lot of downloads of Pepsol. People are <laughs> craving the Pepsol content. Absolutely. So I'm sure they are. So, 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 how are you feeling about Cavs Warriors four? Yeah, as I mentioned, kind of at the top, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I like it. The problem though is that yeah. I just don't think that the Cavs have any chance in hell. But right. so that's kind that's of tempering my expectations yeah. a little bit. Is it's like, right. oh, cool, it's going to be fun, it's going to be this, and it's like, oh man, the Warriors are just going to kill them. But I don't know. The Warriors are, you know, they're 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 still very good, and they're obviously a better way more talented, more cohesive team in the Cavs, but there's some cracks showing there. And, like, I don't know if LeBron really wants to just, like, completely – I don't know if he's got the energy to do it anymore, but I'm sick of ever saying that. Like, I can't say that ever again about LeBron. Like, I don't know if LeBron's got it in him. Like, he, he obviously has it in him to do whatever he needs to do. I mean, part of me thinks it's going to be just a warrior Warriors – domination but i don't know man the Cavs. i don't know I, like i'm trying to convince myself it's not going to be <laughs> the warriors to completely destroying them but i think it might be but i don't know maybe there's some cracks in the warriors it'd be kind of fun to see you know durant and, and draymond come to blows and, and that whole thing sort of you know get weird and like the warriors still probably win the series one way or another but i i'd like to see the Cavs make it interesting and i think there's a chance that they could make it a little interesting yeah i think it's a small chance but i i, I you know the, the Cavs are clearly a significantly worse team than last year without Kyrie, despite you know how amazing LeBron is playing. And obviously, Love has been out a bunch and has been limited. And you know he, he's had the concussion, so what, how how soon he'll be able to play and how effective he'll be is a question. Of course, he doesn't really match up great with the Warriors uh, anyway. Although he did very well in 2016. Um, so I, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the Warriors do not seem like they seem like they're capable of being the old like dominant like just destroy everybody Warriors, but they kind of like pick and choose when to do it rather than doing it you know most of the time. So whether that's you just an issue of cohesiveness or them trying to you know not uh, just not having quite the same energy, being a bit older, you know whether it's you know I I don't know if they're. You know, they were blasé at times during the Rocket series and it almost cost them, but at the same time they we were able to put, you know, dominating performances in the last two games and able to take that series. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, my hope is it's competitive. I I mean I would be very surprised. I would give the Warriors like probably a ninety percent chance to win the series. Um so I, my my hope is that it uh you know is competitive. I, I don't particularly care who wins. Uh I, I guess it's more interesting that the Cavs win slightly, but you know, either way, it's uh you know, I, I don't have much rooting interest in this one. I just I'm I'm so for some good basketball. Yeah, it's it's kinda of fun that I've gotten to this point now in my NBA fandom and I, I think this podcast has helped a lot too, where I'm like, you know, because everyone's like, Oh, who are you rooting for? And I'm just like, I just want good basketball, man. I don't care. Like you know, it's something's gonna happen and it's gonna be historic and it's gonna be fun to talk about. I don't really you know, it doesn't really matter to me who who wins which one or whatever. If the, if the Warriors win, then like they've created a little bit of a, a dynasty here and obviously we could talk about 
about that except for you know of course negating uh both the titles because Durant's on the team but you know like uh, all joking aside like then they become you know the, uh, and, and it's not like they aren't already there but you know if the Cavs come and win that's a big deal now it's like all right well the Warriors should have won this like why did they not win more titles like that's going to kind of be the talk about that whereas yeah then it'll be like as a surprise oh my god I can't believe LeBron won the title for that team so there's something there's storylines there's something to kind of dig into there's something to sort of seek your teeth into with any sort of results so that's where I kind of like with my fandom now it's like I want good basketball and at the end of the day I can make you know a fun story and make a fun you know historical perspective about any result that sort of happens and, and that's kind of fun to do so uh, it, it's healthy it's made my NBA fandom a little bit more healthy I don't get upset anymore when like the team that I decided even though it's like not my home team I love like you know like the Kings when the Kings lost like I don't really care about the Sacramento Kings but I loved like the Weber Peja team and when they lost to the Lakers I was like upset I was like you know pissed off and I was like oh the NBA referees they're all crooked or whatever like but you know mature me is just like hey I just want good basketball and 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 I just you know whatever happens I'm gonna you know enjoy one way or another so um yeah I'm looking forward to seeing what happens I just want Pep Sala to be happy. So, you know, whoever he's rooting for, I'm rooting for. Yeah, let's, for, get, let's give a guy you know? a Pep on the line. I'm, I'm sure Reynas has, like, talked to him yeah. at some point from the, the Handle podcast. Like, he's definitely <laughs> done, like, numerous interviews with him. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see if... I, I'm sure he's tried. So we'll, we'll see how that, you know, we'll, we'll have to ask him to add him to his Right, so if, he's got, if he's got his number, so, find out, yeah. you know, you know, slide the DMs. I'm sure Pep Sala has an Instagram or whatever. You can slide into Pep Sala's yeah, Instagram yeah. and ask him what team he's rooting right. for. I, I, what, out of New Jersey, like, who would he... I wonder, yeah, who would he root for? He probably doesn't like the war. Well... I don't know if he likes the Warriors. Yeah, no, I bet he's a Cavs guy. I yeah. bet he's a Cavs guy. Yeah, well, I don't know. The Warriors existed as a franchise when he was in the league, and the Cavs did not. So, so he doesn't. Have, you know, there's probably some animosity there with the, uh, you know, the old Philly Warriors. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> right. so, yeah, or so, or he doesn't like yeah. this newfangled expansion Cavaliers team. So maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I led too many teams in the league these these days. You know. Right. Yeah. A go. team in All Cleveland. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Ridiculous. <laughs> they don't have enough people. Yeah. And, <laughs> we've, we've we've gone from lionizing to making. Fun I'm of sorry. I'm so sorry, Pep. I'm thirty so seconds. Pep. So all right. All right, if you're listening, Pat, we apologize. All right, uh, anyway, uh, so thanks, everyone, for uh, checking us out. Uh, you can find us at uh, Fansided NBA, also known as The Step Back. Uh, either, either way, you can, you can find us there, and we're getting some uh, some great stuff there, of course, for the uh, NBA Finals. And as the uh, offseason ramps up, there's going to be some more even amazing stuff around the draft and free agency and such. So uh, be sure to check, us, check that out. And um, if you uh, like us and you want to rate us, we'd appreciate it. Uh, iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcast, pretty much we're there. And, we, you know, we can uh, use your support so uh, do that follow us on twitter and uh, facebook at over and back uh, nba anything else Rich? i think that's it yeah and uh, as we always say if there's a uh, podcast app that you use and we're not on just let us know and we will make sure that we're on that if there's some weird one that we for some reason are not on uh, just uh, yeah let us know and we will make sure we get that on there uh, right away at over and back nba also uh, over and back on facebook as well we got some good stuff going on there some good discussions yep. uh, throughout the f- uh, playoffs and then hopefully uh, as the off season gets going we always the kind of off season is one of our seasons so we're chills trying to kind of figure out what we're going to do uh, we have some ideas what we're doing this summer but uh, we'll obviously hopefully be able to reveal that pretty soon uh what we're doing but yeah always uh, always check it out because we uh, we love our off season and that's when we kind of a lot of times we'll hone in on like one sort of topic or one theme and really drive that home and really do some good stuff with that so uh, keep your eye out for that coming uh pretty soon but yeah over uh, at overback nba on uh twitter uh over and back on facebook and then yeah if there's a podcast app that we're not on uh please let us know and we'll make sure we're on it all right so thanks everyone for listening and we're back again soon